Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Ready? Ready. All right. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Um, I'm here tonight with Katie Tratner. <gasps> She's back. Yay. She's back. So um, if you want to introduce yourself again, you're welcome to. I am Katie Tratner. You can find me online as Catherine Tratner, but, you know, boo to that. Um, <laughs> I am super excited to be back. I had so much fun last time. I had a blast. It, it was, was so much fun. fun. I had such a good time. Yeah. yeah. I had such a good time. So I'm really excited because um, when, before we get into the episode, I want to, Katie, to tell about what we were talking about right before we started recording, because I was kind of talking about the fact that I've recently gotten into video gaming, and we were talking about this game that I've been playing called Vampire, which some people hate, but I'm one of the people that loves it. Yeah. And so Katie was telling me about this, like, pen and paper game. Yes. And it kind of relates to what we're going to be talking about in, like, a funny way. And it's super fun. Okay, so I I play a game with a group of friends called The Hunt. And it's set in the 1930s, and you're, like, vampire monster hunters, and you go around righting wrongs and creating havoc, and it's kind of amazing. And the guy who was running the game for us turned, like, our main villain was this deer person, like, with giant antlers and a man with a deer head and antlers and super crazy. And then everywhere we went, yeah, it was so creepy. And everywhere we went, there were deer standing on their hind legs and watching us and, like, attacking our car. Oh, God, that is scary. It was crazy. Okay, and then I have to tell you. We were playing the game, and then Daryl and I took a trip to South Dakota, Mm -hmm. and everywhere in South Dakota there were deer. It was like the right season, and all the deer were migrating. We turned a corner once at a um, the Black Hills National Forest, Mm -hmm. and turned a corner, and there were like fifty deer just in this little hollow area with grass. And they just it was, but they just stood there and looked at us. And we kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay, so the car is going to get attacked and we're going to die and it's going to yeah. be Kyle's fault because <laughs> yeah. he, he started this game and now it's bled into real life. And we're oh gonna, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was kind of amazing. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. And you were telling me that there's like a, a portion where you were playing and there was like the priest. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the characters, we all ended up at a tent revival and a little underage girl got attacked and we were like, hell no, this isn't going to happen on our watch. <laughs> And we chase the priest out into the woods where he turns into this deer man who's oh like God. eight feet tall and suddenly we have to fight for our lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. If, no yeah. good deed goes unpunished. Exactly. It happens right. every time. It does. So um, obviously tonight we're going to be talking about the deer woman yes. of Oklahoma. Um, so after doing the research for this episode, this is probably my favorite legend that I have come across, period, ever, full stop, like, favorite. So, um, this, 
first came to my attention. Had you ever heard of this before? I think vaguely, but okay. not in any significant detail. Okay. Okay. It's um it's pretty common, like the legend um among different native tribes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So um and other cultures have similar legends, which we'll get into. But anyway, so this all for me started way back when I was doing that first cryptid episode with my friend Hannah. Um so that was back in March, and we had talked about talking about the Deer Woman because I had found this website that had some information on a sighting of the Deer Woman, mm-hmm. um, but there wasn't a whole lot of information, so we decided to leave it out, and I was just kind of put a pen in it and was like, I'll come back to that like at some point. So yeah. finally, I got to. I got to get back to it. So um, anyway, so what I found was a very sparse account. According to a direct quote from a website called I'm going to butcher this because it's like, it's obscure <laughs> mixed with urban. So it's like obscurban, <laughs> obscurban legends wiki, wiki, something like that. So um, it's like urban legends that are obscure. Makes sense. In a wiki. In a wiki, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So according to them, the deer, uh, this is, the account I might add is of the deer man. So this is, the sighting is of the deer man, but I feel okay. like it relates. Yeah. So, Okay. The Deer Man is a mysterious humanoid cryptid that was reportedly witnessed on a night in early spring 2012 in the Wichita Mountains in Oklahoma by by Kyle Haying and several friends. The creature was seen after it was illuminated in their headlights. That's creepy. It is creepy. It gets creepier. So it gets creepier. Um, There is also an article on a website called Mysterious Universe where they actually interviewed Kyle And these are some direct quotes from that interview. So he said, shortly before 10, the wildlife began to make a lot of movements. Normally while out there, we were at the entrance to Boulder Creek, which is a popular astrophotography site at the, at the mountains. You will have some longhorn elk, buffalo and coyotes in the distance or nearby, even for that matter. So one of the things also to add is that he would go out there a lot for, for what he said, astrophotography, like he was going somewhere dark that he could take pictures of the sky, stuff like that. Yeah. So um, then he goes on to say, it became deathly silent and the air became ominous and we felt an odd pressure. We started packing everything into my trunk quickly. So that to me, like, I think being in the woods and it getting quiet, like that's so scary. Yeah. When like I've been through the the refuge when it's at night and yeah. it's super dark Ugh. and it's so dark and there's nobody around and you can kind of see like the lights towards the mm-hmm. Lawton, but it feels so lonely yeah and yeah abandoned yeah i think the dark i think that that's like our most primal fear mm-hmm. the dark and um oh no i'm 100 percent afraid of the dark i am too yeah don't don't <laughs> no. be trying to send me into a dark place <laughs> yeah. like no i i'm i'm very afraid of the dark. Mm-hmm. Like I sleep with, um, I have a, a like a Wi-Fi light bulb, and I lower it to like ten percent and leave that on. And I also yeah. have a lamp mm-hmm. that I turn on on the other side of the room. And like I don't, I don't like being in complete darkness. I, I not about it. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, no, Daryl sleeps in the dark, and I'm, I'm always like pushing the door open just to crack so the light comes mm-hmm. in, or like I opened up the, the blinds so the light from outside comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm that person that shuts the light off and runs into bed because I know something's going to get me. Yeah. Do you ever have the feeling when you look in the mirror at night that you're going to see something? Yes, because I played Bloody Mary when I was a kid with my best friend, and that was a huge mistake. 
Oh Huge my God. mistake. So for me, that story, like, I'm like, I'm a 32 year old woman. And I'm afraid to look in a mirror at <laughs> night. So, uh, back in like 2000, I want to say like eight or nine, I read Lisey's story. Oh Stephen my gosh. King. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my oh gosh. Oh my yes. God. Okay guys. Yes. If you have not read Lisey's story, like I know that everybody is always like classic King is the best King. No, it's not. It is. That it's book, not. That is my favorite. Sober Stephen down. King is so yes. much better. Like, so good. It's so good. Okay. So Lisey's story is basically about, um, a woman who is the wife of a very famous writer mm-hmm. and Scott, her wife, her husband dies Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like Lisey trying to make sense of Scott's life that she didn't really know that much about and anyway he he had this thing where he would go into a catatonic state Mm -hmm. but actually he was going to another place and like it's it's crazy but in that story there's something about that catatonic state and the other place that he goes to that causes there to be like a rift or something and like yeah. if you look in the mirror at night the long or, boy the long boy oh my yes. god oh my god just saying it oh, just saying it it's so oh, creepy it's so creepy so it's so good it's so good so, so good. it's if you look in the mirror at night mm-hmm. or if you look in a glass of water yes no like yeah. oh my god it is and it's and she calls the monster Scott's long boy yes it is terrifying and then the creepiest part is that like, once it knows you, once it sees you, it can come find you anytime it wants. Oh, my God. So you can be, like, not even looking for it. Yeah, and there's and, the long boy. And it's watching you, and it's just like, well, shit. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah. Oh, that is that is maybe my favorite Stephen King it's novel. It's my favorite. It I is, love that one. Down. Have you read Duma Key? Yes, I like Duma Key, too. Duma Key, too. Yes. It's from that same period of time of his and writing. I they're think. similar to Oh, they are. Extent. Yeah. Oh, that but, one's... That one's so good too. But yeah. that Lizzie Lizzie's story, I can never mm. pronounce it. And then the Outsider are my two favorites. I need to read the Outsider. Oh my gosh! Oh my God. Yeah, so good. Yeah, like so amazing. Like it's the three books leading up to it are fantastic, but the Outsider I think is the best Stephen King. Okay, I gotta read it. So I good. Gotta read it. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Oh my God. Okay, so so <laughs> that is all to say that the yeah. dark is scary. It is scary. <laughs> it is scary. I am terrified of the dark. I don't like it. I know like one time uh so we out here where I live we have some motion sensing lights out on the um by the horse pasture yeah for coyotes for coyotes exactly because um there have been a couple times when like coyotes have like rushed Maggie at the fence kind of a situation like three of them came rushing at her like out of nowhere stuff like that so we have lights and everything and one night I had a bit to drink and that was the only way that I got convinced to walk out there in the dark without a flashlight to test the lights yeah no yeah no it was it was not it was not not a good time not a good time yeah so anyway Kyle goes on to say we moved to another observation site to the northeast at the base of Mount Scott the highest point out there Hang said Mm -hmm. we did a u-turn in the parking area and as I made the turn my headlights lit up a human figure with a head I cannot easily describe. Like, was that at the top of Mount Scott? I'm guessing it... Oh, no, no, no. Uh, northeast at the so, base. Okay. That'd be terrifying. In the parking lot. So yeah. that... Oh, God. I mean, mm, there's... Oh yeah, my God. chills. Yeah. Um, so he, he's talking about the head of the creature. It was as though it had the head of a buffalo or an elk. While standing upright with two legs and two arms that were human, he said, but the eyes were what terrified him. He said, quote, the eyes were a dark red. 
I think that would scare the shit out of me. Yeah, same, same. Middle of the night in yeah. the dark, and there's this thing that's going to eat you. Yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, what is, uh, what does Negan say? Does everybody have their shit and pants yeah. on? <laughs> like, I would need my shit and pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, he, he said, things got even quieter when we stayed there. While there, we heard one ear-piercing screech or scream, almost a hunting screech of some sort, that made my hair stand on end and gave me goosebumps even worse than the whole experience that came before this. Why did he stay? That's what I want to know. Why did he... I would have been like hauling ass. Like, <laughs> so I... fast. Yeah. No. Like... I would have left all my gear. I could come back for that in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Katie and I were talking about when we were preparing to do this episode, like I feel like this experience for me would be the moment at which I knew I just had a psychotic break. Yes. Like it would be like the moment where I'm like, there was the edge and I just went over. And like I finally pushed myself. Like, <laughs> And now this is my life. This is my life. I see, I see deer people now. <laughs> Who will eat you. Who will eat you that yeah. have red eyes. Which is yeah. terrifying. Jeez. Oh my God. So this interview is really interesting. He provides a lot of compelling details. Um, something else that I think is interesting about this is that around the same time he reported a UFO sighting. Um, and there's actually a picture of it on the website that I mentioned earlier. And it does look like, like a UFO. It does. It does look like a UFO. It looks very much like that cylindrical kind of cigar type saucer from an angle type thing. That's cool. Yeah. So he said that, um, and I know that probably there are some people that would say because he was in the spotlight, twice for supernatural or preternatural um occurrences that maybe he's seeking attention or something like Mm -hmm. that i'm always i i'm a little skeptical of that because i think it's kind of like the people who have told me about their bigfoot encounters they get teased relentlessly Mm -hmm. like they get made fun of like so it's hard to imagine wanting that kind of attention i mean i wouldn't no i would not either like because it's not something like where like with mental health, like putting yourself out there with that, you feel like you're doing it for like a higher purpose or something like that. Yeah. But but if I had an experience, I don't know that I would tell anybody, but maybe like you and Jonathan and Marissa and my mom or something. After like, like five drinks and then you'd be like, okay, this is what happened. Yeah, exactly. I, and I would text Whitney and I'd be like, yeah. look girl, like I saw a dear person. Yeah. I think I'm crazy. Yeah. So I don't know that, that really, really interested me. And all of that being said, this creature was definitely referred to as the dear man and not the dear woman, but I think that the two are related potentially, and mm-hmm. maybe the thing he saw was actually a dear woman, which we're about to dive into the legend because yes. I am, and I'm so excited about that because this is one of my favorite things I've ever heard. So, basically, there is, um, so I didn't know this, but I think it's in Ponca City. There's a museum that uh, was like dedicated in 1998. That's the Pioneer Woman Museum. And yeah, it's about the like, statue. yes, like yeah. pioneer women of Oklahoma and stuff like that. Yeah. So, which is really cool. And they have a blog on their museum website. And for Halloween of 2018, they did an article about the deer woman. Oh, wow. Super yes, cool. Yes, super cool. So in this article, um, let me find it. All right. So this is directly quoting from that article. Um, deer woman can trace her origins to many of the Eastern woodlands and central plains tribes that came to Oklahoma although her legend extends even into the Pacific Northwest. In traditional cosmology, she is a type of supernatural being distinct from spirits or gods. Among the Cherokee, these beings are called, and I apologize profusely for butchering this, but it's like, 
It's N-U-N-N-E-H-I. I'm not even going to try to say it. That's okay. But it means the people who live anywhere, or there's another word that literally means little men. Their function is similar to that of European fairies in terms both helpful and devious, but usually their ire serves as punishment for the violation of cultural taboos. I love it. I love it mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. So um, so this is worth noting, I think. Uh, the idea that she sort of course corrects mm-hmm. when something comes out of flux in what should be happening as in how we're treating each other or something like that. So to quote An them, avenging angel. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. So um, to quote the museum's website again, most commonly... This is why I love her. She is depicted as the mortal victim of a savage rape, her body being found in the woods next to a sleeping fawn who lay down beside her so that she would not die alone. Since her attackers went unpunished, the gods, or sometimes even the deer themselves, grant her wish for justice, whereby she is reborn as half-human, half-deer. In this guise, she lured her former tormentors out into the woods, unaware of her true nature. When they noticed too late that she had hooves instead of feet, she trampled them to death. Afterwards, she lived on, continuing to punish those who would prey on feminine innocence. That is wonderful. I love this so much. Like, I love this so much. It's so, I I mean, it's so cool. Like, such a empowering feminine legend. Like It is. In a way, I mean... um, Well, and historically, when women have had no power and no recourse, and you've mm -hmm. just kind of had to take what's handed to you, here's... The story of a woman who refuses to take that BS. Oh yeah, and yeah, goes after. Oh god, I love it. What's right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I think that that resonates with anyone who has been a victim of that kind of abuse. Like absolutely, that is very power, very a very powerful story. Even if, um, regardless of the factual nature of it, I think that's a powerful story to tell someone in that position. Like Mm -hmm. you know. Like, and I say that as someone who has been in that position. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I love it. Like, yeah. It's a small form of healing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we do tell stories to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we're always telling ourselves stories. We're telling ourselves stories all day long. Constantly. About ourselves, mm-hmm. about our place in the world. Like, yeah. that sort of thing. And that's one of my, um, that's something that, like, I've learned in therapy is, like, you're always telling yourself a story and mm-hmm. it's up to you to, like, change the narrative, to, like, flip it around or, like spin it like yeah you know into yeah. whatever you want it to be so i think that's this is kind of kind of cool mm-hmm. so according to one tradition she can be banished through tobacco and chant but in most tales the only way to save oneself from the dear woman is to look at her feet see her hooves and recognize her for what she is before she gets you alone because once she gets you alone mm, she got you she got you yeah Um, It goes on to say, the legend is meant to show that attraction does not a proper pairing make and that men ignore or usurp, is that how you say that? Yeah. Usurp um, the power of women at their own peril. To recognize the truth the story conceals is to save oneself from misfortune. To ignore the moral is to proceed inexorably into the death dance with dear woman. That is wonderful. That's just beautifully written. It, it is. Like, it's beautifully written, and I love it, like, so much. Mm-hmm, me so, too. something that I think is really interesting, um, there are a few other angles that people view the Dear Woman legend through. So, I, I saw that on the Pioneer Woman Museum website, but there were some other sites that um, paint her more as a succubus, where she is the one doing the pursuing to, like, get the souls of the men and, yeah. like... 
all that. So um, if you are not familiar with Sakibai, which I think everyone who listens to this podcast probably is, um, as defined by Merriam-Webster, they are demons who take female form who have sexual intercourse with men in their sleep. Constant contact with a succubus can result in failing health or death for the man. And the counterpart to that yeah. is the incubus. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, and one, and I think also, isn't that where the phrase hag-ridden comes from? Yes. Like, if you say someone looks hag-ridden, it's like... It's because they've been getting laid in their dreams and it's draining all their energy yes they look real bad they look like they've been (laughs) up all night with a succubus but they've been having a really good time with a succubus whether they know it or not yeah (laughs) yeah so um that's just gonna be my excuse from now on for when i just don't look very good in the morning (laughs) oh hush you always do oh you're you're so sweet you're so sweet thank you being honest um so she is also compared in some of these other lenses to a siren and mm-hmm. sirens are according to the uh theoi project i'm not sure how to say that they're monstrous sea nymphs that lure men to their deaths with their song so their song their beauty that kind of yeah. thing so um and this is this is where i really think it gets interesting there are a lot of these legends around the world mm-hmm. so in chile they have or chile however you say that i don't chile? know i'm not sure i'm i'm but but uh peasant i don't know you're just a girl from oklahoma i'm just a simple girl from oklahoma i don't know how to say it so i apologize to anyone who is from chile um they have the fira which uh they that spirit it's a female spirit Mm -hmm. and according to wikipedia it quote causes deformation in anyone who looks upon her and will cast spells to confuse young woodsmen into sleeping with her but but what does she do with them Mm. oh no it's not good (laughs) not good nothing good yeah and so la patasola this is the one-footed literally from colombia um quote is a shapeshifter from the antiquia region antiquia region um, of colombia who takes the form of a beautiful woman to lure men with her cries of fear when the men who are often causing harm in one way or another to the rainforest come to her she drops her beautiful mask and slaughters them in an effort to protect the forest. An avenging Mother Earth. Yes, exactly. That we need more of that. We do. We do need that. Um, this also totally made me think of that scene in Jurassic Park when they're sitting around the table and they're talking about um, what has been done at the park and everything, mm-hmm. and they're watching the slideshow. And Ian Malcolm says, "What you call discovery, I call the rape of the natural world." Yes, I love that quote so much. And it is still fitting, which is kind of sad. It is sad. It is sad. Yeah. So another spirit from Colombia is Latunda, La I believe how you, is how you say it. Um, so this spirit lures people of all walks of life to them with their song and then drains them of blood. Latunda can also shapeshift, but she will always have a single leg of Molineo that she is very careful to hide. So that word that I just said that I probably also butchered, um, that word means a wooden whisk, which is usually used in the making of hot beverages. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I think you roll it in your hands like this and it's for like hot chocolate or different things like that. So she uses that as one of her legs. And one of the things about her is that if you encounter her, it might be a beautiful woman, but she's doing everything she can to conceal one of her legs. Interesting. So it's kind of a cool, like, you know, thing. Um, And then there is, uh, in Brazil, 
There are the Lara. And the Brazilian Lara are beautiful warrior mermaids who, when found by a man, will charm him with her voice and beauty and either drown him or turn him turn him into something like her and make him her lover. I want to be that when I grow up. Right? Yes, like, that, please. That's pretty, pretty badass. Like, pretty scary. Badass. Um, and then, of course, there is the most famous La Llorona. Is yeah, that how you say I think it? so. Okay. Um, which translates to the crier, who is found in Mexico in the southwest United States. It's a female ghost who will kidnap the souls of children, effectively killing them, and whose cries bring irrevocable sorrow and who the sighting of spells death for someone within the week. What is the Irish tradition where they're like, um, it's not a ghoul, it's something Is else. it a banshee? Yes, a banshee. Okay. Where, yeah. like, you hear the banshee and, like, within 24 hours you're going to die. Up. Yeah. So she cries and... Yeah. And time's up. Interesting. That I is cool. I think it's so interesting, like, that this kind of idea of, like, femininity being both the most valued thing and the most feared thing... Yes. ...is very fascinating. It is. It is so interesting to me. And La Yorona makes me think of the Supernatural episode about that... Have you seen that? I don't think I have. I think it's like the very first episode, maybe. It's been a really long time. I know, since I know. I yeah, yeah. Like it's the first couple of seasons. Yeah, and I, I like I don't know how accurate Superna- supernatural is at portraying things like how they are in folklore or anything like that. But it is a fun show. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy it, and I, I think do. it encourages people to look more into what these Plus, things are. Plus, I just love them. It doesn't I matter. I love them too. They can yeah. say whatever they want. I will love them no matter what. Oh, they're the best. Mm-hmm. They're the best. Um, and something else worth noting about all of these female spirits, mm-hmm. um, they're all disfigured in some way. I think that's interesting. I think that's way interesting. Like, I'm, I really, I didn't find anything on, like, academic studies on, like, you know, like, anthropology or anything mm-hmm. where people were saying this is why, like, we think they're all disfigured or anything like that. But um, I think it has something to do with, like, maybe misogyny. That was my first Yeah, thought. I think it has to. Like, Is right? I mean... A man can look at a beautiful woman and say, oh, she's beautiful, but if she's going to hurt me, there's something about her that's right. ugly. Yes, exactly. Or, or not even if she's going to hurt me. She's just not going to accept me and let me do to her what I want to do. Right. Yeah. So she's disfigured because right. she's not accepting... Right. Yeah. I don't she's know. not the perfect image of a woman that I want her to be. Yes. Yeah, yeah. kind of. I mean, it's very... It. I think it is rooted in that. Like, it's got to be. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. Like... All these, it's weird. Oh, All I, these beautiful women with like peg legs and yeah. fish tails and gills, gills, yeah, and uh, bird bodies. And <laughs> I think is that isn't that the siren that yeah. actually has a bird body? Like yeah. a lot of people think of them as mermaids, but they actually have bird bodies, I believe. Yeah, because yeah. Demeter, Demeter, Persephone's mother turned mm-hmm. a bunch of nymphs into sirens to go look for her daughter. So they could so, fly. So they flew everywhere. Yeah. So women with bird heads looking for Persephone while yeah. she was in the underworld. The good thing about those, though, is I think if you encountered one, you'd know. I, it would be pretty. You'd know. It'd be distinct. It'd be distinct. A it woman with memorable. a bird body. Like, yeah. well, I mean, I don't know. Like, you could probably, I mean, there's probably, you could wear a cloak. Like, if your head is, like, human. But how big is this bird body? Like, that's what I want to know. Yeah, because what if it's, like, what if it's, like, a human, <laughs> my, like, my head, the size it is right now, on a chicken? 
Like, oh, no. that is more horrifying to me than the idea of, like, a human head on an ostrich. Or, like, just like a sparrow. Like, those little itty-bitty oh, God. brown birds. They could go anywhere. <laughs> I know. That's terrifying. They would chase you to the ends of the earth. Oh, my God. That's kind of horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a very horrible vision right now. That is scary. I'm imagining a very odd skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. That is that That's, is really weird to think about. Like this person head on this little bird body. Yeah. Walking around. Oh, very weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's so interesting how all of this was, you know, thought of as possibly fact at some point. Mm-hmm. Like those, like sea monsters. Like I was watching a thing about that the other day, how... Um, it wasn't, but maybe 200 years ago that they were like, yes, absolutely. There are sea monsters off the coast of Norway. Like yeah. they are real. They're on the maps. Like here be monsters. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. it's very, I don't know. It's so, so interesting. But I think also I've been reading a discovery of witches and I think it's kind of sad that we've lost that a little bit. The, the strangeness, the magic. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit sad. Like, um, and I know that it's like progress is good or whatever, but maybe not. Not sometimes. Yeah, in maybe, the right direction. In the right direction. Yeah, I think. But I think it, like, on, on the one hand, it would be very scary if we were living in a society where we thought werewolves were real and vampires, and yeah. they were. Yeah. On the yeah. one hand, lining our windowsills with salt all yeah. the time. On the other hand, I don't. I don't know. I firmly believe that there is more out there than. Than what we see every day. I think so too. And I think that that the things that we think maybe they're not real, I think there's a place where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes it, sense. It's like uh, the strange. multiverse kind of thing. Yeah. 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 But even, I don't know, like I've had a ghost experience. I've had weird things happen in the woods. Do you want to talk about your ghost experience? It's silly. No, well, no, mean, no, no. I, I, I want to hear it. Okay. So when I was younger... My first husband, oh no, oh, my second husband and I bought a house. Uh-huh. And the house was built in 1928, 1929. Ghost alert. Yes. And it was this really strange house and it was, there was an upstairs and there was a basement, which in Oklahoma, you should never have a basement no. in Oklahoma. Oh. It was like a money pit of a house. Mm-hmm. Like at one point it rained so much, like the wall in the basement busted out and Jeez. dirt and oh. water came in and it flooded. Oh. It was terrible. I know that in Oklahoma, it's really bad for cemeteries. Lots. Yeah. There is one specific cemetery I can think of that you don't want to have to exhume a body there. It's constantly wet. Yep. It's and, like a swamp underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Const- it's all the clay. It's all the mm-hmm. clay because it doesn't like soak it up. It mm-hmm. just does weird stuff with yeah. it. Ugh. Yeah. So this house, it was built in the 1930s, super old. And I was there one day by myself and I took a nap and my ex had gone to work. And I was sleeping, and it was like in the middle of the day. And I felt somebody sit on the bed next to me, and I felt somebody's hand on my shoulder, and they said, when are you going to get up? And I said, not yet. I'll get up in a little bit. I love you. And they said, I love you too. And the weight lifted off the bed. Oh, my God. I just got chills. And I went on sleeping, and like my ex came home, and it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, did you come home for lunch? Because there was somebody that sat on the Mm -hmm. edge of my bed, and touched me. Like you felt the weight. I felt like, you know how you... Yeah, when you, someone sits on the edge of the bed when yeah, you're laying in bed. The yeah. dip and like my body mm-hmm. easing towards them because they were like mm-hmm. this hole in my whole fucking yeah. universe. Yeah. 
the, oh yeah, there God. was somebody that sat on the edge of the bed and they told me they loved me. Wow. Oh, wow. And that is so cool. Like that house, I liked that house. It was a nice house. It was a money pit of a house. Mm-hmm. But I never had a bad feeling being in that house. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I've lived in houses where like I do not go down the hall unless the light is on. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad's house to this day, I will not go down their hall unless the light is on because there is something fucking living in that hallway. Oh, there oh is my something God, there. that scares me. I swear to God, there's something there. But that house, like whatever was there, yeah. it loved me. And mm-hmm. I loved it. And it was okay. Oh, my but, gosh. But, yeah, it was... Yeah. It's really... I think I think you're right. I think there probably is more out there than mm-hmm. what we are able to understand or able to see, even. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that... I don't know. I know that, like, a lot of people who are a lot smarter than me are, like, the chances of there being life anywhere else are very remote. But I, I think, like, really, is it? I don't think so. I don't think it is. I... Now, whether or not that life gets in a spaceship and comes and, like, picks people up outside the 7-Eleven, whether or not that's happening, Maybe I've not. got my skepticism. But I think there is, there's got to be some life form on another planet at some point in the universe. I think there absolutely is. There is no way that we could be completely alone. Yeah. And if we are, that's sad. It's depressing. It's depressing. It's a depressing yeah. thought. Yeah, it is. That's- I was driving to Walmart the other night and I was, I, I like, I hate my brain sometimes. It's such a scumbag. No. Oh, my, no, it is. Like, no. it's so, my brain, like, my brain and I, like, do not get along sometimes. <laughs> so I'm in the car and I'm driving along and I start thinking, you know, to an alien, I'm an alien. You are, yeah. I start thinking that and I start yeah. thinking, like, I wonder if aliens go grocery shopping. <laughs> like I start having these thoughts like, you know, because it's like we take our lives so for granted and just like the, the mundane. mundane. Yeah. yeah. But to another, it's kind of like how um, Mr. Weasley is just like amazed the, about rubber ducks. Stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's like, what? what's its purpose? To what end? Like, no, it's just a toy. Like, yeah. It squeaks. It's yeah. adorable. Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to like look at, things that mm-hmm. way kind of think about it from a different angle but but yeah so I, th- I think it's interesting that this exists in so many cultures and there are so many um like instances of that happening with all mythology mm-hmm. and all lore like it's all like, over the world there's like nowhere that it doesn't have right. a story yeah it's kind of like this universal i don't i don't know exactly what a genetic memory is but like but that makes sense to me yeah like because you know, in the back of our brain, we're still cave people wandering yeah. around with, like, our fear of the dark. We have our, our lizard brain that yeah. talks to us. Yeah, we yeah. do. And I think those things come from that, from when we were living in fear of the world around us. When dark meant death. Yes. Like, you go out in the dark and you can't see that saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, and the cry in the like, night is, yeah. is going to be the thing that eats you. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think there is some of that that goes on because I know that it's like that book, The Gift of Fear, where the guy talks about, like, if the bell goes off, it's telling you something. Something is wrong. Even if your conscious mind doesn't know what it is, mm-hmm. maybe your subconscious has picked up on that, hey, it's the 4th of July, and that guy that just walked in 7-Eleven is wearing a trench coat and a sweater. And, you know, it's kind of yeah, like that sort yeah. of thing. Like, you you pick up on these, like, signals that you're not even conscious of. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of that brain that tries to keep you safe and tries to help you survive that sort of thing and that makes sense and then of course we're people we're humans so we tell ourselves these stories yeah and Mm -hmm. so the stories become Mm -hmm. sirens and dear women and yeah and yeah but also i would not 
I would totally, if I walked out into the woods and I saw a deer woman, I'd be like, okay, so you're real. Please mm-hmm. don't kill me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got a list of names for you. I'll give you those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I've got, yeah. I've got some names. Yeah. I can, <laughs> and, and we'll I can just, produce. We'll start there. Yeah. I'll meet you here again. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I would. I'd be like, uh, let me get your information. Yeah. Let me get, yeah. Let me get back to you. Are you on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a Facebook? Are you on Instagram? Or, or, What's your snap? Yes. <laughs> or like in like two days. Are you going to be back here? Yeah. Yeah. We can, we can meet up again, girl. I would totally yeah. do that. I would do that in a heartbeat. I wonder if there are any, like, instances of women seeing the deer woman. I don't know, since she's supposed to be kind of... Like, they're avenging Angel yeah. for, like, sexual assault, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of... It seems like seeing her might be kind of like a symbol of hope in that instance. Like, and hope that you would get justice. Yes. And... and mm-hmm self-righteous fury oh yeah yeah and just like yes this is happening right vindication yeah protection Mm -hmm. i love this this image like Mm -hmm. so much this is this is fantastic um anyway in all of that uh there is also a book by a woman named linda godfrey which some of you may be aware of her she writes about cryptids pretty much like she writes a lot about wolfmen and that's I, I think she has a couple of books that are solely devoted to wolfman sightings across America, stuff like that. Um, she also has a book that's like, I think it's Monsters Among Us, and it's like other kinds of cryptids, stuff mm-hmm. like that. She's a very uh, good writer, very entertaining, and I really enjoy her stuff. Um, but she also has a book that came out in July, I believe, of last year called I Know What I Saw. I'm going to have to read it. I love that title so much. I know what I saw and it's a cryptid type thing. And there is some stuff about the deer woman in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now I'm really going to have to read it. Same. I really want to get, I really, really want to get a copy. Yeah. But anyway, I guess the sum summation of that is like people are scared of women. (laughs) They fear us. Yes. They fear us. Both desirable and terrifying. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's like, okay, what is that saying that, that, oh Jesus, my brain has gone completely blank, where every man looks at a woman and he's afraid of being rejected, but every woman looks at a man and is afraid of being attacked. Oh my God, I've never heard that. Yeah, so. Oh my God. So I feel like these stories of these very powerful women are men's fear Mm-hmm. of their rejection yeah and then not only of them being rejected but them being violently rejected right it's like um the book the power did you read that I haven't <gasps> oh my god girl is, oh my god is that the one where he right like wrote the seduction and no no okay, no no no, no, different, no. Different. okay this is fiction it, okay. and it is so basically like all you ladies who listen to this podcast i think you'll like it so it is basically the premise is that one day for whatever reason, women develop the power to control electricity in the palms of their hands. I have to read this book. Just overnight it happens like that. And it's called The Power because the power shifts. Because that women can now... Fully defend themselves. Exactly. Yes. And there's a scene in it where a girl is... Uh, she lives in a really rough part of London, I think. Mm-hmm. And she, like, I think in the beginning of the book, maybe there's, like, a scene where she's scared walking home. This is mm-hmm. before everything changes. And, um, like, guys are catcalling her. And she's just kind of creeped out and hurrying to get home, but trying not to act scared. Mm-hmm. And then there's this scene later on where she's laying in the cemetery at, like, 2 in the morning smoking a cigarette because she can. can. 
That's... Like, it's such a... And there are also, like, there are some very powerful scenes in it that I think really will resonate with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I, I mean, without spoiling it, I, I mean, it is... I absolutely adore that book. I think I it's amazing. The library has it. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, my God, it's so good. Um, I made my mom read it. And yeah. Like, she was like, wow. Like, okay. I can see... She was like, I can see why you love this book. So, yeah. You all I'm, have a lot of book recommendations from us tonight. I am writing morning. it down right now, as a matter yes, of fact. Yes, the power. So, I, I think don't it's forget. Naomi Alderman, maybe? That name sounds familiar. I think that's who wrote it. I could be wrong on that, though. So, um, that's all I've got for you guys on the dear woman who has now been elevated to my favorite Oklahoma legend. Yes. Favorite. Mine, she, too. She has got a place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you have some exciting news today. <gasps> I do. It's It's... It feels very surreal, actually. Yeah. My book came out today, which is crazy because I've had people from like all over being like, look, I got your book. And I'm like, oh my God, you have my book. Yeah. And this panic <laughs> moment of, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. You're going to read my thoughts. You're, oh my God. You're going to read it. And then, and then you have that moment where you think about it and you're like, did I put anything in there that was super personal? Yes. Yes, yes, yes I did. did. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because I did. it's your writing and yeah. you just mm-hmm. stick it all in there because yeah. why not? Yeah, my writing is basically just me dealing with, like, either my anxiety or my trauma. 100%. 100%. Even when it's, like, it it is always, like, this one that's coming out, Mind Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely is dealing with some of the trauma that I have had in my life, so. And so you can read it, and your friends will read it, and then they'll text you and be like, so. So about this. Yeah, you okay? What's going on with that? Yeah. You want to tell me that story? Yeah. So, Katie, if you want to get her short story collection, it's called Deep Water by yes. Katherine Tratner. Yes. On Amazon. On Amazon. Get a paperback copy. Um, or digital. Or digital. Yeah, yeah, you can do either. It's really good. Really good. Nice short story book. Yeah, super short. Yeah. Lots of fun things. And there's kind of a deer person in there. Yeah. But not really. Mm-hmm. But not really. But kind okay. of. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's good enough. Yeah. Kind of is good enough. It's close. It's yeah. close. Katie is one of, she writes like very beautiful Oh, prose it's a very you. lyrical and like just beautiful i think you write beautifully and i wouldn't just say that because you know i wouldn't that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside it's true oh. Oh. <laughs> um so and on friday which is when this will come out so today my new irioki short read which is a novella of about twenty thousand words or about 80 pages, is out on Amazon. It's called The Fairchild Wolf. Fairchild Wolf. I am so excited. Are you? I am so excited. Oh, my God. Okay. Like, okay, so you hadn't you hadn't shown me anything mm-hmm. of it except the blurb, and I read yeah. the blurb, and I was like, holy shit, I want to read yeah. this book. Yeah. I want to read I this. I had so much fun writing this one. Yay. Like, it was, it was one of those things where I'm writing it, and I'm like, I'm, this is going in a weird direction, like, I, but I'm going to follow it. I'm yeah. going to see what happens. Let's just go. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited about it. And also next Friday, there will be a paperback available <gasps> of all three of the novellas. Oh my to order gosh. on Amazon. That is so exciting. Yes. Oh so my gosh. So it'll be the Irioki Short Reads Volume 1 will be available. It's <laughs> really is, exciting. That is so yeah. exciting. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. I am really excited about it. Yay. Okay. I'm going to buy a copy and then you have to sign it. Same for okay. you. Same for you, Definitely. Girl. Okay. So uh, follow the podcast um, at Irioki on Instagram. Facebook is the same. Join the Facebook group. We have a lot of fun in there. Um, we have, we share lots of memes, stuff like that. We have a good time. So talk about the witcher and his leather pants. <laughs> yeah, the witcher and his leather <laughs> pants. Yeah. Um, and you can follow my personal Instagram at Scrappy Little Thing. It's got my writing, my 
personal stuff on there. And I promise I'm going to get better at updating social media. I've just kind of been lazy lately, but you guys are the best fans ever. I love you so much. So, um, y'all stay spooky. (laughs) 